the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It is uh, the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Joining us tonight as well is Pastor Paul Crandall. We are at Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. And uh, I'll give the phone number again, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Should you choose to join us tonight, we'd love to have you. We're talking about unity and uh, we've kind of camped for a bit on the, the, the idea that unity has to be based in love. If it isn't, it isn't unity. Mm-hmm. And, and along those lines, again, you know, I, I sit and I listen to you two talk, and I can't help but put on the ears of our, our, our family out in KFAX land, going home from work or, you know, uh, on their way to pick up dinner or whatever the case may be. And I can hear all of the questions and and the but what ifs as as I listen to the two of you talk about this thing called unity and you know we were talking during the break the one misnomer that I think is so common with how we understand unity within the church is we tend to sign on to this idea that unity means you're in agreement with one another mm. that's not necessarily the case is it no oh, amen. Amen. Different levels of understanding, like uh, uh, you'd mentioned Romans fourteen fifteen, where you had believers who had different conscientious difficulties with diet, which was a big issue in the early church. Liberty, the, liberty, yeah. co- kosher dieting. The Gentiles ate everything, as it were, and all these scruples. And I grew up with many of those kinds of things that uh, seem so legalistic now that I look back. But they were tests of, uh, my wife and I often say, uh, we would have stood on our head when we first got saved if you you said that was the thing to do. Mm. Because whatever, we had such joy in being Christians that we weren't finding something to rebel about. Uh, But I think... When you find out you've been united in a family, you know, I'm a baby of seven children. Two brothers had died. Uh, but, hey, uh, my sister for sure, being kind of the matriarch of us, you could not talk about another brother or sister around her. You couldn't ever talk about the parents, mm. you know, to trash your mom or dad. Oh, no, oh, no, uh, this girl would walk through you because she remembered the hard times where they came from, what they, and so there was always a sense of unity. You had someone fighting it. It's interesting in Ephesians 4, he said, keep the unity that God has made. Mm. And so the unity he made is he put us in Christ, he put us in the vine, as it were, Mm. we're members of his body, but he said, now I want you to, you keep that unity, and you're going to have to work day and night to not let 
little issues uh, consume you. And that's been some of my disappointment, I think, through the election and the politics. I've been a Christian for over 60 years, and I've never seen Christians so divided and at each other's throat over politics. I was always taught Jesus was coming. The real king is coming. Mm. And in the meantime, be thankful if you've got a peaceful government. Mm. Just be glad no matter what party's in. Be thankful that you could still meet. And so we need to fight for the unity. And what makes us one? We have the same father, if you're in this family. Mm. We've got the same elder brother in Christ. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. And uh, so it's that. Uh, and so when I meet someone, no matter I've traveled different countries preaching, soon as I meet them, I'm oblivious to ethnicity and color. I've said, I'm meeting another family member. There's I'm, a sympathetic note there, isn't there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a family member. And, and we don't run down our father. Mm -mm. We don't run down the older brother. And we sure don't talk against the spirit. Now, these three members of the family say, get along with each other. Yeah. You may have differences. I have so much differences that I decided to marry a different woman than any of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your wife. I, I want my wife. Yeah, yeah. And God said, I'll, I'll lead you in that. You know, and, and I, I mentioned this, and maybe either one of you guys can deal with this as well. Um, Unity for the church today looks an awful lot like uh, the demand that it be under the guise of gifts of the Spirit. Mm. I can go to a Southern Baptist conference. I can go to a Shepherds conference. I can go to a myriad of conferences that mm. focus in on two or three key gifts that we find within the church. Um, I, I can do Baptist conference all, all, all year long and never visit a Ligonier conference and vice mm. versa. Mm. That's not real unity. No. It isn't. Mm. So, w again, we're back to the, the heart of love, and I, I would say the, the not the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you struggle with unity with your brother, don't look at the gifts and, and the callings that you've been given and how different you are. Look yeah. at – we all have different gifts at different times, and we don't have all the gifts all the time, but we should have all the spirit, fruits of the spirit yes. all the time. Yes, and I think one of those fruits you know, is love, joy, peace, patience. <laughs> Bill mentioned it, I think, twice, saying this is a process. We're in a school, and we don't graduate until we see them. I think that's a part of unity that's important. It's patience. It's I'm quick to listen to a differing vantage point. It's, it's not this this idea of I just come I – when I'm saved, I come upon omniscience all of a sudden, and I know everything, and I don't need to learn. Therefore, why listen to a brother? That That is silly. And when I got saved, I didn't understand the Trinity. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand justification. I just know I was a sinner who got forgiven by a resurrected Christ. I knew that. You know, I confessed him as Lord and I believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I knew those things, but, but if – and maybe that's the, uh, you know, I think maybe part of the problem, you know, in, in Romans uh, uh, 14 and 15 is you have Paul saying what the, he says, weaker brother. So clearly Paul has a position 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he's saying be patient with their conscience. Don't let them sin against their conscience. Yeah. Don't let them do that. You never want to do that. But you think would Paul be informing those people who who hey, this is not you can it's you can eat this meat. It's fine. You can eat this. Of course he'd be informing them, but he'd be patient with them as they'd come along in the process. So this idea but maybe that's why we don't have unity sometimes is we're just impatient. And and I, I don't see denominational diversity as a sign of lack of unity, I see denominational diversity as a sign that we are not omniscient believers who right. know every nuance, yeah, exactly. but we are united in Christ. And you know what? We'll be one denomination up there and we'll, you know, which yeah. will be non-denominational. So Valley Bible Church, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but, but I think that's part of it. It's the patient. Am I quick to listen and yeah. to be informed you know, by another brother's opinion. And again, unity does not demand that we agree on everything. No. no. Uniformity. Yeah. 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 That, that's not unity. Yeah. No, no. No. You know, and I think when we think of get the eyes of Christ and in this growing process, how you begin to view people, uh, it, it's amazing as you walk in the spirit and grow in grace and grow is that you start viewing people different i love what uh in the weight of glory when c.s lewis said you have never met an ordinary person in your life Mm -hmm. he said for if you put a hundred years on that person he said they would either be so glorious that you could not imagine you were with them mm. or they would be in such a horrific state you would wonder how did I ever envy them. Because mm. he said we're not dealing with ordinary people. Mm. We're dealing with people that will have supernatural good or supernaturally bad mm. futures. Mm-hmm. So how how can we slight our neighbor? Mm. How can we slight people so easily whose destiny we may have some small part in? Mm. And so we we need a different anthropology, how we look at people. And see them as image bearers as well. Image you know, bearers. There, you have the command, you know, against murder in the Old Testament, and it's, it's striking against the image of God. So that you have to see value, inherent value in people that, yes, we are sinners and guilty, but yet we are image bearers of God and therefore have integrity. So you can't you, you can't look at somebody else and not think of their creator. Hmm. That's yeah. the creators. Don't don't mess with the creators. You know yeah. that yeah. he made them their image bearers to speak against them, strike against them is a strike against God. It is. And Paul even addresses that in what Philippians and Corinthians, uh, yeah. you know. At some point you disagree, God will make that plain, but hey, you're living up to what he's given you. Mm-hmm. You know, So if, if you're disagreeing with somebody, uh, look at it as, it, this is the Father's idea, man. <laughs> it's not because they have not attained to your uh, heights of yeah. spirituality. Yeah. Uh, it's because God has not given it to them yet. So yeah. you don't take it up with your, don't have odd against your brother and take it up with him. You take it up with God because he's the one who's in control of all this. And, you know, in Paul in Acts 17, he sees this same nationalistic pride. It's not like just the Jewish people, Israel had this pride. In, in Acts 17, he says, from one man, God created. And he's that's a direct at- attack against their culture because they believe they were of you know this special Super ground. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. the, they were better than the barbarians. All of this tribalism is pride yes. and idolatry. Yes. All of this is. 
All right. And with that, we're going to take another quick time out, pay some bills, and come back and continue our conversation tonight on the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline here on KFAX. We're off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. Another look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. It is the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard. And tonight, Pastor Paul Crandall joins us as well. Uh, If you'd like to know more about Truth For Today, I would encourage you to visit the website, truthfortodayradio.org. Great place to start. And then join us. uh, Man, you can catch Pastor Phil Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, an amazing way to wake up every day here on KFAX. And then again, Sunday mornings at 8.30, again, Truth For Today. Or just kick it with us every fourth Friday of uh, mm. of the month, and we'll spend a couple of hours with you. I, I was thinking during the break, I'd, some t- one of these days, I'm going to start recording what we do during the break, and then the <laughs> last two segments of Lifeline, I'm just going to replay everything we've done during the break. I mean, you, oh, folks, you, you miss out on some really good, interesting, and uh, rather fun at times conversation that takes place while, mm, mm. while you're listening to your commute uh and 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 the bills that we pay so we're talking about unity tonight and uh, the foundation of it as being love and it's uh man what a conversation we've had tonight in spite of ourselves in spite of who we are mm. god's i i you know I, I listen to the two of you talk tonight and i keep going back to first john behold what manner of love the father has lavished on us yes. that we would be called children of god and that is what we are and some of our uh, some of our bibles use the exclamation point even though that's not a part of the greek language but it's you get the idea in the original language John is just overcome by this thought. This is not just a simple, oh, behold, what manner of love the Father. This is John screaming from the rooftop, can Mm. you believe it? Mm. Yes. Oh, this is incredible. Yes. But that's the kind of heart Mm. that he longs for each and every one of us to have towards one another, isn't it? Yes, Amen. sir. Yeah. And, and uh, Kenneth, we we translated uh, 1 John 3, 1, what foreign kind of love. Wow. You know, it said what manner, but we took it and he develops it. What foreign kind of love. We've not seen this kind on display before. Wow. You know, I wanted to say something about our unity. Let me read a passage that Paul gave us in Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Notice that. Not through ethnicity, not through culture, not through uh, color, uh, not through politics, but through faith. Mm. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That word baptized is used in Romans 6 and 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. We were immersed by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And that's what he's saying here. You are immersed into Christ, and in that immersion, it's like you've been clothed yourselves with Christ. Now watch at the effect. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. Uh, what's this? Uh, you mean you cease being a Jew? Not really, but the way God views you now is not Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. Oh my, imagine. Nor is there male and female. Please, men, don't get mixed up on which bathroom to go to. Mm. It's still men for men, 
women from women, but in this clothing, God doesn't see you are all one in Christ Jesus, and you belong to Christ. And if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what are the biggest issues today? Uh, your racial identity, your gender identity, or your social status, mm. rich, poor, uh, whatever. And he says, if you're in Christ, you've been clothed with a wardrobe that when you meet them, you're not just dealing with uh, all let's say, a female that used to be an object of maybe lust, disrespect, uh, just treated whatever in that culture. He says, you're meeting kinfolks. You're you're wearing the same clothing. And I I always love to say that the word brother in Greek is from the Greek word for womb, Mm. that that we've been born again from the same womb, Mm. the new birth channel. So I want to tell you, there's seven of us kids. We got something in common. Little Irish woman bore us for nine months, delivered us. And a doctor killed one of her children at birth. And a truck killed another one at four. But I want to tell you, us five kids, we got something in common that I have with no one else on the globe. We occupied the same womb. Mm -hmm. And you men, I look at you, we all came through the same birth canal, Mm. the new birth. Mm. We were born from above. That makes you brother. That makes you family. If you're hungry, I'm to feed you. Mm. If you're in need, you get special priority in my heart. I I would feed a man that didn't know Christ. Mm. I gave some alms to a man today that asked me for some money. I I had the money. I gave it to him. Mm. Not don't know if he's saved or not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't he's matter. a human being. Yeah. Mm. But just think of this distinction that we've got a status before God so that women are now, hey, you're wearing the same wardrobe I am. Amen. I see Christ. <laughs> what a what a way to view people. And I love how you said this doesn't mean there there's no more Jew or Greek or male or female. There's not a flattening of the genders or a flattening of the races, which I feel like is a lot of what's going on now, is is in in the mind of a secular in a secular mindset. The idea is if there is difference, then there is not equality. What in a, in a, in a biblical framework, no difference does not mean inequality. No, we have a Trinity, and the the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Holy Spirit is neither of the two. The go. Father didn't die on the cross. Christ died on the cross. You know, so the, but they're different, but yet they're equal. Right, because they're all three very much God, and the same thing is true in a marriage. And the same thing is God doesn't want to flatten the races. God doesn't want to flatten ethnicity. God loves the mosaic. He brings it all the way to the very end to worship every tribe, tongue, and nation. Where He loves the beautiful mosaic of humanity. He loves it. It was we said, you know, be fruitful and multiply and. Fill the earth. God wanted the earth to be filled and people on every continent. It's what he wanted. He wanted culture. He wanted these building cities and building culture and all these and this beautiful mosaic displayed. He wanted these things. He's not trying to flatten it. But in Christ, we have an identity that brings us all together. Yes, sir. And there is no other hope that can do that. And that well, that's what we talked no, about at your no house. No other religion does it. No. No, absolutely not. They, they, this is not a tribal 
deity that we serve. We have a God who is addressed humanity's need, not not the Western world's need, not the European need, but but humanity's need, and that's the need of a savior, the need of a savior, and this brings us great unity this puts us under one flag even though we have many and i think of the categories here that in the first century world oh man the slave and, and the lady for sure those two would be disadvantaged oh. as it were because economically the woman's place was not one of honor necessarily mm-hmm. hey he says I've clothed you all, and when I see you, I'm not concerned with your gender. Mm. I'm looking for your wardrobe. How radical! I can't imagine. I wish I could have heard this read in the church when he when they read that out. Here are the words. Here, Paul has given us another letter, and they hear that. You think, wait, that's not what we grew up with. That's not what we know. That we're we are all clothed in Christ, and we're all one, and of same value. Oh, yeah, that probably it probably got some amens, and I bet some people walked out as well. Well, and at the same time, there's going to be folks like you and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something happens when the Spirit invades your heart and your mind, and you mm-hmm. become Spirit-filled. You know, when, when God takes that heart of stone, replaces it with a heart of flesh, and breathes in you, moves you to obey His decrees. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the, I've often saw it as the, the, the hammer that hits the knee in the doctor's mm. office and the and the foot responds. Mm. You know, when that spirit hits our heart, we respond. Yeah. That's the response. This yeah. becomes second nature to us. Second Although nature. it's still hard because we are sin-ridden, right. mm. it's still the desire. It now makes sense. That's mm. where it didn't before. Yeah. Another time out. Quickly, we're going to pay some bills, come back and continue our conversation here on Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor Chuck Crandall. Right now, off to the KFAX Traffic Center and another look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. Nice cutting into that deep-voiced guy. And now, and yeah, yeah. We are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland, Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor Paul Crandall joining you tonight, talking about unity, the ins and outs, ups and downs, and... Uh, the reasons why, and I think that's where I want to kind of lead into as we start winding our time down tonight, guys. The reason why, and it's going to take us back again to John, where we began our time together this evening on Lifeline, John chapter 17, where Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, uh, you know, uh, I do not ask uh, for these only, but also for those who will believe in, in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And then here's why. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Which begs the question, does our unity look like what it should so that the world would believe Hmm. that God sent Jesus? Does our unity testify to the incarnation of the Son of God, that, that, that God became flesh? That that something in, alien has come into our world, invaded and showed something that no one has ever seen. What a remarkable! And for me, as I as I read that, it begs the question in my own mind. All right, well, what 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 kind of unity? What is the outworking of this going to look like in my life that would tell somebody who is not a believer? Mm. There is a God, mm. and he sent his son to die on the cross. Mm. You know, I know, just, just speaking very personally, you know, I, in the hometown I grew up in, there was a white supremacist gang or gangs 
my cousin was murdered by one of them, uh, one of their gangs. And I remember having a friend who his brothers were in the gang. And, uh, of course, you know, I used to hang out with him and his brothers, older brothers would be there at times and we'd be skating and be doing these things, you know, he wasn't a, a part of that lifestyle. Neither was I. Uh, but then when Bobby, my basketball coach, who I call my father, who gave me the gospel, uh, and, uh, who doesn't share the same skin tone or not as I do, who's black, I, I'm white. And I, I remember, I remember going home and, and asking Bobby, Hey, I'm, I'm going over to my friend's house. I don't know if his big brothers are going to be there. Can you drop me off? one block away. <laughs> and, you know, he said, you know, I understand that. Da, da, da. And I explained, I said, I, I, sometimes these guys show up, I don't know. And, and if you're there and, and we're together, it, it's going to, there's going to be trouble for both you and me. Yeah. And he said he understood. And I remember he let me out and I remember skating that block feeling so just sad and, and disgusted and just, you know, so, hurt by that you know but but when you walked into grace baptist church in ventura california what did you see you saw unity hmm. you saw you know a 13 year old boy who lost his father to a, a a heroin overdose with with a with a black man with his arm around my shoulder and we were singing about jesus together you know the world needs to the world desires unity Sadly, I think they've bought into the false gospel of human solidarity. Yeah. That if we get together, we're all going to be okay. No, we're all just going to be more corrupt. We're all just going to be more well-resourced for our corruption. Hmm. But if you come to the church, you'll see it. You'll see it. You see it I, every Sunday. You know, it's like, it's crazy. I was, I think, mentioned it to uh, Chuck and just talking about in the news, you see all this divide, all this divide. And then I come to church on Sunday at Valley Bible Church and I see... I see diversity, yeah. and it's been there for how long? Like long before BLM. <laughs> just come, yeah. just come and watch this. Yeah, and watch this. You we won't see find brothers it. and sisters. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to figure out which party or or this. Or it, it's just, uh, it, it's life transforming. Yeah. It's, it's what everybody else is yeah. banging the drum to. I had uh, a granddaughter telling me, "Oh, you need to speak loud and." go public uh, in the midst of all the racial riots and speak up. And, and I said, uh, I, I don't need to do that. Uh, I've been loving these people, and I don't even like to say these people. I've been loving people of mm. diversity for so long that, uh, honey, just, just attend a church. You grew up here. You're mm. a brown girl. Mm. You know how you've been treated. Yeah. You, you know... And uh, you know it's and and there's no drum beating. This church never became diverse because there's a sermon on it. Mm, it right. just was. They met Christ. We we Christ is the glue. Christ Amen. is the center. But once you move the center from the gospel yes. and from what Christ can do, and it's going to be, uh, we're going to be the social club of the area, or we want to show everybody uh, that is ungodly. It gives glory to us. Mm. The, this is just like even when I uh, resigned from this church, I said, I don't need any buildings built to me. Mm, Christ right. built 
Baptist church. Right. I know how it started, and I know the vessel he used. So, boy, if you know me like I do, you know he had to build it. <laughs> right. See, and so that I uh, know it will come if we'll do promote Christ, love people, and uh, uh, and I would say you that are listening, you'll come. We'll be glad to embrace you and get used to whatever color may hug you at the door mm. or greet you at the door mm. uh, because we don't care right. as long as they are people that love Christ. That's all we're looking for. Mm. Mm. And really, we, you know, it oftentimes it's just one or two degrees off, isn't it? The the, the church we we try to manufacture unity. Yes. Yeah. And it's not going to work. No. It's got to be organic, and it's got to be driven by grace and in yeah. Christ by His Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered, Christ, His His prayer being answered by the Father to bring unity. And we, you know, as we sat in, in His backyard um, just yesterday, just feeling so burdened, you hear it. You know, you hear the, the the appeals for unity. You hear it and you applaud it and you want it and you think maybe this could can happen. And then you realize it won't happen. It won't happen apart from Christ. I think it is only what Pastor shared in Galatians that is only in Christ that we will find this unity. And there there the 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 call for it won't bring it. It we it won't bring it. Yeah. And it's it, it scares me because I feel like I can see the ball rolling down a hit, the hill and knowing the consequences of what's going to happen. You know, Hitler preached a great, we'll have a great Germany. We'll have a great Germany. We have nationalistic pride. We will be better. And what happened? Ugh. You know, I mean, you could go on and on and on and on of all the promises made by all the leaders and, and, and we'll come together. We'll be better. And we are not better together. We are worse. Yeah. We are more capable, more resourced, more aligned. And without, with human solidarity, without the truth of the gospel, will be the Tower of Babel. It yeah. will be, it, it will be unrest because we'll have no moral compass. We'll have no. What are we arguing for? My yeah. desire. Well, what when desire changes? What happens when there's there's no right and wrong? Then this is just the taste of the day. Yeah. The generation that doesn't believe truth exists, but they believe they ought to be first. Right. Or oh, they ought man. to be heard. Yeah. And we have no common ground basis for truth. Wow. Selective truth. That Selective. statement right there, doesn't believe truth exists, but believes they should be first. <laughs> you, you hear that and you think, how dangerous if I program that, in, program that into a robot and let it run with that algorithm. It would destroy everything. Yeah. It would be over. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're going to take a final break, final time out, and come back and wrap things up here on Lifeline. It's been uh, the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor Paul Crandall. Let's take a quick brief time out, a final look at your traffic, pay a couple of more bills, and we shall return here on KFAX. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center, a final look at that commute. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It is our final few minutes together, so I'm just going to toss the baton back over to uh, Pastor Phil, Pastor Paul. Close our time out together tonight, guys. Man, what a what a time on Lifeline. And I, I really pray and hope that there are listeners tonight who are finding benefit from understanding what this unity is really all about. Because I think... 
we, we miss out so often. It's just, it's either mistaught, misunderstood, or just avoided altogether. Mm. And I'm, I'm, gr- I'm glad you guys took the time tonight to really work through this issue and give us some, some biblical thought and truth on what unity really is. So final couple of minutes are yours, guys. Well, I think that the concept uh, is so abstract that uh, it's hard to describe. uh, I love her. What do you mean I love her? Mm. You know, because the concept is almost whatever content you pour into it. But I think a great example of where it's not abstract, but it's illustrated, is the book of Acts. Mm. Here we've got the same people that competed to be first, uh, even on the night of Christ's death, or, or, or going to his, the cross, night before going to the upper room, they're fighting among themselves who's the greatest. Mm. I mean, you talk about egomaniacs in this context, when a man is facing execution, and you're fighting over who's the best? So we got this flesh and blood kind of dynamic. And then you watch these men after the Spirit of God comes on the day of Pentecost. And the book of Acts is tracking these men, a Paul, a total opponent of Christianity, conquered by the grace of God. Uh, oh, let's see Peter in going over to have lunch with Cornelius. Because the sheet from heaven says, don't call anything unclean that I call clean. And you just seeing it developed so that by the time we're in Acts 28, Paul's in Rome. That was his life's ambition to go before the Nero. He's going to be beheaded. But he didn't care about that. The gospel reached Rome. Wow. The gospel reached Rome. They were going out. And I, I think that book, you saw real theological discussions in Acts 15, mm. uh, what all of the Gentiles have to do to be accepted. Great chapter. Believe in Jesus Christ. By the way, would you abide in these areas for unity? Refrain from sexual immorality that the Gentile world was known for. Mm. Uh, By the way, don't be eating blood. Mm. And just a few, because we want to have fellowship, Mm. and these things are good for you anyway. Mm. So I think we see that unity lived out, how they settled differences. Uh, I think of Paul and Barnabas. They split over John Mark. But by the time you read 2 Timothy and the epistles, Paul is saying, bring to me Mark. Mm. He's profitable to me for the ministry. Hey, we had a misunderstanding or difference of a, but we're not splitting fellowship. We're yeah, not man. breaking from it, each it, other. It doesn't end there. It grow, we, we are growing yes. We're day growing. by day. Yes. And, and, and if you've got ought with somebody, there's always tomorrow, God willing. And let's see if we can't change it by tomorrow and continue on, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, and then, and then, what a beautiful picture, right? In in Acts, you have two, I mean, just r- superstars in the movement of God, parting ways, disagreeing, but yet finding one another again in fellowship. Just shows you that unity doesn't mean agreement, right? I, the, a man shall leave his father and mother and become one flesh with his wife. Well, the unity of marriage doesn't mean agreement. We were just joking about it, you know. I, I don't think I'm going to embarrass my wife here to say that. We don't always agree. But do we have unity? Absolutely. Do we have love? Absolutely. Agreement is not a prerequisite to unity. I think of my grandmother. She was a UCLA fan. And I don't know why, you know, some people just have make bad judgments, you know. And I was a USC fan. She was a Chiefs fan. 
right? And and uh, you know, I, I I just we could not agree on our sports teams, you know. And she would call me. She would call me. I remember when she called me last time. She called me when U- UCLA beat USC by like three points. John David Booty threw like I don't know how many interceptions. My grandma called me, and I figured, oh, grandma just wants to say she loves me. No, hey, hey, Paul, did you see the game? No, grandma, I didn't. See- yes, I saw the game. Of course, yes, we lost. I know, right? But but I loved my grandma. I you know I mean a dear woman to me, but we didn't need agreement. Yeah. On everything. On everything. And we still had love. And you see this in the, in the apostolic band there yes. in Acts, yes. that we, we don't need agreement, and we can still have wonderful love and fellowship with each yes, other. Sure. Yeah. So we're not just a bunch of clones, and we're not just a bunch of... Uh, there's some fellowships I've seen. Everybody's got to dress the same way, mm. look the same way. I, and, and it's an artificiality. Mm. Uh, because don't destroy diversity. No. Uh, don't destroy uh, different tastes, food, whatever. But there's one area that says our hearts run to together. Jesus, mm. God's word, our hope, our faith. Hey, we're united there. Over here, maybe I like Mexican food and you don't. Mm. Too bad. We'll pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> An equal opportunity eater, you know, whether yeah. it's chicken shawarma, beef bulgogi, whatever it is. Like, I love the diversity of it. You know, I love the yeah. unity of it. They will know we are Christians by our loves, the hymn mm. puts mm. it. Um, yes. At the heart of it, that is, uh, and we've spent a lot of time there tonight, but that mm. really is the heart of it all, isn't it? Yes. And you will find it persuasive. I think if you, wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, I do believe that if you enter into a church, you know, you're not going to be impressed by the people and the pastor's jokes aren't always going to be good, especially if you attend Valley Bible Church and I'm preaching. But you will find something remarkable and supernatural. You will find something that you won't find anywhere else. You know, and you won't need, you know, you may find unity in a bar but it's the social lubricant of alcohol that brings, uh, you know, that that unity. We 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 could be of sober mind and edify one another, and 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 be united to each other. And you're going to find something that you'll never find anywhere else. So come, come and see the unity that testifies to the incarnation of the of God's Son. And I think it gives the message to the church. Uh, what an unlooking world needs to see is. Uh, not us pontificating as though we are infallible, like we're mm. always right. God's always right. Uh, I, I, it was Chesterton who said, we put humility in the wrong place. He said, put humility in front of yourself, but not in front of truth. Mm, we are right. unapologetic about truth. No, no apologies for that, but we are humble that we get to share it. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, our lives should reflect. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, again, the book of John, and you've got this ragtag band of men who come from a variety of backgrounds. Mm. They don't agree on everything. They fight over a lot of things, but yet they still lived in unity enough to where a bunch of Greeks came to them and said, sir, Mm. we would see Jesus. Mm. We want to leave you with that question tonight. When was the last time somebody came to you because of the unity you've expressed and said, Sir, Madam, mm. we would see Jesus. Yes, yes, Amen. yes. That, I think, is uh, 
That's where we've got to leave it, isn't it? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of this faith, mm-hmm. who for the joy set before him endured the cross, mm-hmm. despising the shame thereof. He is our elder brother. He is the one who orchestrates everything. He is the one who demands, commands, and, dare I say, creates the desire Mm. in our hearts to Mm. long for him Mm. in such a way Mm. that it reflects him. Mm. I love that you you call him elder brother because, uh, according to the law, uh, the the kinsman had to be family. Yes, exactly. And so he became my brother that he might redeem me. <laughs> and with that, we are going to put the cap on things tonight. Guys, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. And uh, it's always a treat. I, I, you know, I, get, I, I don't have to be here, but I get to be here. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a thrill. And uh, Paul, especially having you with us tonight. That's thanks, been man. fun. It has been. You, you need to learn your Bible, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh, he just wasn't John prepared. Luke he seven. wasn't prepared what, like I thought he would be. You know, when I was when I was in Sunday school as a kid, I learned the bu- the books of the Bible in order. <laughs> Friend, thank you for joining us here tonight on Lifeline. It has been a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you to uh, Mike for engineering this thing, and you for your ears. We'll do it again next month. Until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.